This is the Taz and Jim Podcast. This is a story coming out of Kitchener-Waterloo, and I heard about it. It involves a rowdy student, and I'm like, this sounds like something a teacher would have done to Taz back in the day after I've heard stories about you in school. But what's going on right now is the Waterloo Regional Police are doing an investigation involving two kids that were allegedly duct taped to their desks and chairs. By their teacher? By their teachers for being disruptive in class. One kid said, um, well, he told his parents he was duct taped to a desk by a teacher because he had moved the desk. I don't know if he moved it to be closer to his friends or he was moving it. It makes that like super loud, annoying, dragging sound or uh-huh. what exactly was going on. There's not that many details. Now, are we talking, are we, do we know if it's just like their arm was duct taped to the desk or is it a full on like cocoon? Like around and around, right? Like I mean, when you duct tape, tape someone to a wall, you know, yeah, and yeah, you yeah, stick yeah. them right stuck. I mean, when it comes down to it, does it matter? I mean, even if you duct tape their wrist, it's still not a great thing to be involved in. Their ankles to the bottom of the chairs? Still, too kidnappy for my liking and obviously uh, crossing a line. I think most parents would agree. Uh, the teacher's not named, the student's not named, but the, the Waterloo police are investigating, which begs... <laughs> the question were you ever taped to a desk i would have been the duck in my class i totally would have been the the top pick to duct get tape kid duct tape to my desk no i never was duct taped but i did have a separate desk i think like grade five through seven maybe they had a separate desk for me in the principal's office Hmm. So if I was disrupting the class, they would say, go down to your other desk. And it was in the principal's office. And I would just sit there and do work or draw pictures while the principal would sit there doing his work. So what was the relationship between you and the principal? Was he disappointed every time you came by? It was like like a pet, like, oh, here's Taz again. Yeah, he wasn't impressed. He didn't high five me like, hey there. Hey, buddy, get doodling. (laughs) No. They uh, they didn't enjoy it. What uh, were you doing that you needed that you would be sent I, down? I can't remember. I think I've blocked it out. Uh, I probably didn't take my riddle in that day. <laughs> I was just being loud, <laughs> making jokes, being a smart aleck. Sure. You know, maybe they just duct tape your mouth shut. <laughs> I don't know if my mom would have gotten mad if they tried that though. Is the thing like now in Kitchener Waterloo, the police are involved, but. Uh, my mom might have been on the teacher's side. Oh, maybe I should try that at home. <laughs> you know, maybe just masking tape. It won't remove the hair and skin if it, you know if you rip it off too fast. Talking about the criminal investigation that's going on in Kitchener Waterloo at Alpine Public School after a teacher allegedly duct taped a student to a desk. Got a couple calls here on this. Stash, go ahead. What do you want to say? Hey, so, uh, yeah, I was just saying, uh, I think it's a little bit extreme to get the cops involved. Um, obviously went a little bit, uh, a little bit overkill with the, with the duct tape maybe, but, uh, I also think teachers have got to get creative sometimes and, uh, in their punishments. Um, kind of reminding me of a time when, uh, you know, 20 years ago or so when I was a kid and there was a student in our class and he kept throwing garbage and, you know, the teacher would keep telling him not to throw garbage and uh, just kept doing it anyways. So they eventually put him in the corner with the garbage can for the entire class and let let the rest of the class throw garbage at him. (laughs) (laughs) 
He was he was kind of the backboard, you know. <laughs> so, but he, they didn't put him in the garbage can or wear it like a dunce cap. Garbage can. He just but, had to sit you know behind. What? He was he had to sit behind while people threw garbage at the garbage can. Did he learn his lesson? He he didn't throw garbage again. No one got hurt. Okay. <laughs> Some people might say it's questionable, you know, way, but uh, you know, it works. <laughs> Thanks, Stash. I think it depends on what type of garbage you're throwing. If it's, uh, you know, an apple juice glass bottle, uh-huh. probably not great. Construction waste? <laughs> Cinder blocks, bricks, that sort of stuff? Nails? Hey, Colin, the cab driver from St. Thomas, Ontario. You wanted to comment on this uh, duct tape student story, too. Yeah, buddy, that was luxury. I, uh, I was in grade 7 in Toronto. Um, if you messed up in this guy's classroom, your, your punishment started at 30 minutes and you would have to jog on the spot with your nose against the wall, your arms above your head. Now, if at any time your elbows came down lower than your shoulders, he had a five-gallon bucket of ice water full of tennis balls, and he'd just hum them at your back to get your arms back in the air. Oh, what is this? this is an American Gladiators competition? It's what squid is going game. on here? It's squid game. There'd be, <laughs> there'd be five or six of us just about every other day doing this, and, like, you know, I guess today would be abuse, but uh, you didn't dare yeah. tell your parents because, uh, you know, why did you ha- why did uh, he have to do that to you? You get a worse beat down at home, right? <laughs> I I can remember. I I never had the uh, the frozen wet tennis balls whipped at my back by a teacher, but I can remember having to keep your hands over your head as a punishment, and it was the worst. Like after two minutes of doing that. Oh, it's, it's literally a survivor challenge from the TV show. <laughs> right, you yeah. think you're going to die. No, it was brutal. It was brutal. And you're, and you're jogging on the spot. Your nose had to be, you know, like an inch or two away from the wall. And he'd come and check. But don't ever let your elbows drop by your shoulders. And as you'd, you'd hear it coming, right, this wet tennis ball. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, kind of tune, wake you up. And you would, you'd take the duct tape any day. Oh, absolutely. You're going to a costume party this weekend, Jim. Yeah, yeah, my buddy Matt's. Indoor, so outdoor, so... You were dressing as uh, Reno 911, mm-hmm. Lieutenant Dangle, who I did watch some YouTube videos of mm-hmm. to familiarize myself after you told me who you are going to be. Mm-hmm. I saw the new boot goofing yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> new boot goofing. I went to a couple different Goodwill stores to try to find uh, cowboy boots. But those must be highly sought after used yeah. items, right? Like I couldn't. Fi- I found a few rubber boots, uh, and I thought maybe I could spray paint them white. But I'm going to sound like an old man for a second here. What? Back in my day, you could go into a thrift store and basically find anything you wanted. But now you got these vintage boutiques, and uh, you know your your value villages that are for profit thrift places, and it's like all the good stuff gets picked over at the Goodwill now. Yeah, yeah. People are reselling price. stuff on, on Kijiji and Facebook Marketplace. So you'll have people who go, you know, their, their business model, and it's smart. You go to a thrift store, you buy something for $2, mm-hmm. then you post it on Facebook Marketplace for $10. Yeah. I will, I'll give a shout out to uh, an Instagram account called Maple Syrup Vintage, which I've bought two items off now that like he scours uh these type of stores and i've bought a mitchell Cornfest hat somehow he got his hands on one and then i, I bought at your old, hometown mitchell yeah. ontario and then i bought a used tough duck coat that was super cheap so like i appreciate them doing the hard work for scouring but i did pay more than if i would have found it myself it's all it's all great but 
Like around Halloween, if you wanted to be uh, somebody, I guess too. Like I was gonna say, if you wanted to dress like you're from the '70s, you can't go in a thrift store like you used to be able to and get and get uh, '70s clothing. But <laughs> in the '90s, you could because of the people that were in the '70s who died would donate their clothes. <laughs> yeah, because that's what it is. It's totally, like, Goodwill is dead people's clothes. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. Now, like vintage clothing. His stuff from when I was in high school. <laughs> you go vintage shopping and it's your stuff. Yeah, I remember. These are my jeans. Yeah? These are my wide leg jeans that yeah. I used to wear to raves back in 1994. And there hasn't been that drastic of a change in fashion since the 90s. Like as big of a gap as there was yeah. from the 90s and like, the 70s. 70s clothes, you know, you look, you're like, oh yeah, that's 70s. But there's some 90s stuff you can see and who knows, you could have bought it last week. Yeah. 50% new from a store, right? Yeah. Oh, well, good uh, good luck hunting if you're in the market for a last-minute costume. The company known as uh, Facebook will be known as Meta. Hmm. Mark Zuckerberg, CEO of Facebook, made the announcement yesterday that the company would no longer be known as Facebook. And here's some audio from that announcement. Yo, bros, it's me, Zucks, from the company, you know, formerly known as Facebook. I'm totally going to flex right now, but I know you think it's sus. But don't you clap back, because this ain't chuggy. I know what you're going to say. Facebook changing its name like, okay, boomer. But seriously, we're totally ghosting that name. We've got a new high-key name, Meta. Because we're like so meta. Our vibe is for you and your squad for when you glow up. I got tea on TikTok. Meta is going to make you shook. We're woke, you're broke, and we're fully stoked to bring you meta. TBH, meta is on fleek. It slaps. It slays. We are the GOAT. I'm Zucks, signing off from meta. Bye, Felicia. Are you sure they're going to fall for this? I don't know what any of that meant. I did. It sounds cool. <laughs> oh, the coolest. It's meta. It's meta, man. Okay, here's the real Mark Zuckerberg making the announcement. I believe the metaverse is the next chapter for the internet. And it's the next chapter for our company, too. We're a company that focuses on connecting people. Today, we're seen as a social media company. But in our DNA, we're a company that builds technology to connect people. And the metaverse is the next frontier, just like social networking was when we got started. I am proud to announce that starting today, our company is now Meta. Our apps and their brands, they're not changing either. From now on, we're going to be metaverse first, not Facebook first. Meta, so mm. meta, man. I mean, we all knew it was, this was inevitable, where there was going to be like another reality another right? level to our reality yeah and that is the metaverse mm -hmm. and zuckerberg is is on the cusp here he is on the front lines of the metaverse with the company have you have you formerly on, known as facebook have you put on vr goggles and like screwed around for a bit before with who well just like just like explored whatever <laughs> you know whatever have you ever like played with the VR? sure of course i have it is wild Honestly, it's pretty crazy. You, yeah. you you are fully immersed in what's going on, and you forget yes that it it's just a game or it, it's not real. And we so all I get it. Like yeah. the technology is going to move fast now. Yeah, and it's yeah. I mean, there's a lot of positives that are going to come from it, but there's going to be a lot of negatives. Remember when World of Warcraft was 
killing people essentially like they wouldn't go to sleep and they'd only drink red bull and they'd have a heart attack because yeah. they wouldn't get out of the game it's going to be 10 times worse when you are actually living in another reality well almost. if your fake life is better than your real life why would you want to leave totally that's what zuckerberg's banking on yeah well i'll have base universal basic income we won't have to go to work we'll be living in the metaverse and Mark Zuckerberg will be our god. This week, we have been scouring the Taz and Jim listening area, looking for scary stories, spooky stuff to share with you. And I think we got a good one here. This is from Fergus, Ontario. Joining us, Kyle Smith. He is a historian at the Wellington County Museum in Fergus. And because you are a historian, the story you're going to tell us this is confirmed to have happened. This is not a ghost story, right, Kyle? Yeah, so like I tell everybody, you know, I when I work here at the museum, I sometimes, you know, ghost hunters come in and they ask to wander the halls and talk to themselves and see if anything talks back. But the, the tours that I do here at the museum are, are generally just like, I can prove everything. I can go into the archives and I can pull out newspapers and what have you. This is all like creepy, horrible, murderous stuff that's happened uh, either in Kitchener-Waterloo or in Ferguson, Alora. We'll take it. Where do you want to start? <laughs> Where do I want to start? Um, well, even like right now, like I'm sitting here at work at the Wellington County Museum. This was the old poor house uh, from 1877. And I do tours all October of the cemetery that we have here. So if, you know, anyone was otherwise homeless here in Wellington County, they would be brought here and 271 of them uh, who died were buried on site. We still have a cemetery here that we can take people through. And I talk about some of their stories. For the people who are still there, because uh, some of them ended up disappearing and walking away, and it was one of those things that kind of happened in the Victorian era. There were body snatchers, you know, it was, there was a bit of a black market on corpses, and you could sell them for like 10 or 20 bucks, and if you had a, you know, sturdy back and a strong stomach, and were willing to dig into the cemeteries, you could, uh, there's gold down there. Yeah, gold. as Grandma used to say, back in my day, a corpse was only $20. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know if I want to know, but why why are corpses sought after? Yeah, what are they being used for? I mean, for? I like I uh, I got a couple guesses. So it's mostly doctors. Yeah, it's not whatever you are thinking of. The the modern reason people would be digging up corpses is a little different, but back then it was mostly doctors. Hmm. And when you think about it, it makes sense. Like you couldn't, there no one could donate their body to science or anything like that. And hmm. doctors need to practice, and so they would pay people to go into graves of. You know, people who are otherwise unwanted or unneeded, and they would dig them up, and then they could take them back to their house and practice appendectomies or whatever it is. They could, you know, chop them up if they died of something that was particularly interesting. You could do pretty, pretty all right. The only legal way at the time to get a body to the medical schools was if someone was executed by hanging. And really? That's sort of the, the last mm-hmm. thing that they would do was sort of ship the body off, and, and they could do that. And so there's just not enough, you know stretch necks going around and so they need to get some extra ones and they go digging through the did they ever catch the grave robber one guy gets caught in kitchener uh his name was frederick christ dr frederick christ which is a fantastic name and he gets to town in sort of the 1850s early 1850s and he starts opening up as a doctor but he needs to make a little extra money and so he starts to raid uh first mennonite church on sterling avenue right on king street there holy frederick christ (laughs) 
he's just digging up bodies, and he's going in there, and he's making no bones about it. That's a bad pun. <laughs> you no, know, that's good. Going, he's going in, and he's just telling everybody what he's doing. And, you know, he gets people questioning him on it, and he says, I have a right to do this. It's nobody's business how I make my money. Uh, he had a henchman helping him, a guy by the name of Hugo, which is an excellent henchman name. Oh, my yeah, God. That's like, yeah, it's like Igor, Hugo, you're... you're <laughs> He's he's hitting checking all the boxes here. This Freddie Christ. He was he was known. Yeah, he, the Hugo could only have been a grave robber. I think that's what he was born to do. And they <laughs> just went through and started digging it up, and then bragging to everybody about it. They went to a place called Shinar's Tavern in Waterloo. They're basically telling all of the drunks in town, like you morons, they're working for a living, and we just go out and raid some bodies and boil the flesh off their bones and sell the skeletons to doctors, and we can do pretty well. But they bite off more than they can chew because they eventually, there's a pretty big family in town named the E.B. family, and one of their sons, a six-year-old boy, dies in a tragic accident. Oh, no. And they go in there and they, they raid his corpse. And then, you know, this kid's a big deal, so it becomes a big deal. Everyone in town obviously realizes what's happening, and so the two of them, they sort of go to the farm where they've been hiding all of this stuff. And it's just a charnel. It looks like a horror movie, right? It's just like bodies yeah. hanging from the rafters. They've got boiling water with flesh coming off of it oh my super God. nasty and gross and so they arrest them and they bring them to the courthouse uh, and the jail in Kitchener which is still there and uh, they end up both getting sentenced and they have to go to jail and I usually ask people I do tours I ask people how long you think you get for you know digging up something like 15 corpses out of a cemetery and boiling the flesh off their bones and the answer is three months it's not really what? <laughs> it's not really that bad Freddie um, and Hugo and- are back at the pub drinking <laughs> by yeah, summertime they just kind of took it. They didn't really care. And then, you know, the chutzpah of these two, Dr. Christ, he continues being a doctor. Like, he stays in town <laughs> and just opens back up again and is just like, well, that's the price of doing business. And he just sort of tries to do his thing. He eventually moves to the United States, but for a while he sticks around in town and just tries to do it. And it's like an open joke. There's even a case where um, there's some political argument that's happening, and a guy says that he wishes his political opponents should go to see Dr. Christ. Dr. Christ is fit for looking after them. And Dr. Christ hears about this, and he's so insulted he threatens this guy with a duel. He's, he wants to oh, sort of get involved. I miss duels. Like that. <laughs> but eventually he leaves, and he goes to, to Michigan, and then two of his wives die under suspicious circumstances. So he might have been a murderer, too. Yeah. Listen, and if they had Dateline NBC back in the 1800s, there would be a two-hour special episode <laughs> on Freddy Christ. I want to see you peacock, Let's take a look at sports. Devin Peacock joins us from Global News Radio. He's our sports guy. And it came down to the wire last night, but the Packers have done this season what no one else can do, Dev. Packers beat the Arizona Cardinals 24-21 to uh, hand the Cardinals their first loss of the season. Uh, This, as you said, came down to the very end of the game. And what was kind of cool was, uh, Rasul Douglas was the hero for the Green Bay Packers. So what happened if people missed the game was uh, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals uh, appeared to be close to completing a comeback and pulling off the win. However, Rasul Douglas uh, hauled in an interception to uh, seal the win for the Packers. Now, Rasul Douglas, a couple weeks ago, was on the practice squad for the Cardinals. He then moved over to the Packers and is now a Packer hero. So it's it's kind of funny how uh, how sports work sometimes. You're at the Cardinals one moment, then you're at the Packers, and all of a sudden you're handing uh, the Cardinals their first loss of the season. I guess he was used to catching Kyler Murray's passes. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out for him. In the end zone, too. Game was done. 
Let's move on to the commissioner of the NFL. Roger Goodell. Uh, dinner's on him next time uh, you're hanging out with him because he made nearly $128 million over the last two fiscal years. The uh, owners had a, uh, a meeting recently where it was detailed how much he was paid. It was $63.9 million per year over 2019-20 and then this past season or this season that's currently going on. He is under contract until 2024. He also has an extension worth $200 million over five years. And it's uh, great work if you can get it. Uh, <laughs> uh, kudos to Roger Goodell, I guess. Is he worth the money, Dev? I think uh, there's other people out there that could do just as good a job for less money. Like you. Like me. Hire me, <laughs> NFL. I'll get you guys rich. Come I'll do now. it for half. I'll do it, yeah. I don't even need half. I'll do, give, just give me $10 million. This does not sound like fun. Did you realize that the toilets were leaking on the SpaceX uh, spacecrafts, Jim? I heard something about that, yeah. One of the pipes burst or something or became loose? There was some pee-pee that was dripping into fans beneath the floor, which doesn't sound like a, like a good thing. I mean, if enough urine gets in there, you'd think it could cause a short or maybe derail the entire space flight, right? Mm -hmm. Or the fan is just blowing around pee. <laughs> at least in space you can see it coming. <laughs> Droplets flying at Yeah, you. have you ever seen like a blob of liquid floating through outer space? Yeah, it's like moving around. Well, I've seen it on TV. You can dodge it pretty easily. <laughs> It'll clog the instruments. Try and blow it towards the other astronaut. <laughs> Uh, they fixed it, though. They say that there was a tank, and they uh, made it an all-welded structure. There's no longer a joint in the, in the P-tank that can come unglued and disconnect. This is why you never want to be the first one, right? Yeah, yeah. Let them work the kinks out first. <laughs> the kinks in the, in the plumbing system. Yeah. On the SpaceX uh, spaceship. They say they've got it done. So the toilets are now working. Bathroom has reopened. <laughs> There's a great Halloween costume for you. Last minute, you it wouldn't be hard to come up with something for space billionaire. I mean, this past year, topical, right? Yeah, There's So yeah. many of them. You got Elon with his SpaceX. You got uh, Richard Branson. Um, and, of course, uh, Jeff Bezos with his penis rocket. Yeah, and if you're Bezos, you put on a blue jumpsuit or blue overalls or coveralls, whatever, and a white cowboy hat, you're Jeff Bezos in stuff space. Your, stuff your blue jumpsuit with money. Have, like, money sticking out yeah, yeah. of the jumpsuit. There's and a lot of change in your pocket. As a couple's costume, someone can dress as your penis rocket. <laughs> Just make a big tube. Yeah. Well, I don't have to explain it to you. You'll you figure it, it out. Halloween weekend, Squid Game apparently going to be the big costume this year. It'll be interesting to see if it's as big as everyone thinks it's going to be at the costume parties and out trick-or-treating, Jim. Yeah, I, th I keep hearing people po or seeing people post about it online, but I haven't seen any other competing leading costumes. You know, usually it's like a top three but this is, Squid Game is the only one that's at the top of the pile. If you are going to do a Squid Game costume, get creative. 
You know, don't just wear the tracksuit or the, the pink hoodie with the, the black mask and a triangle or circle on it. Mm-hmm. Like, think about some of the other things that happened in that show where you can make your costume stand out. Hmm. For example, this was the idea I had. Uh, you know the guy, the, the, the bully, the gangster with the snake on his face? Oh, yeah, yeah. Be that guy, but then get a dummy and tie it around your waist and have it like that crazy girl when they're playing that glass game. Yeah, yeah, pulling you down. Yeah, so have her hanging off the front of you in her tracksuit. Mm. Then you need two Squid Game tracksuits, and apparently they're tough to come by. But maybe put shards of glass in her back, you know? Sure, sure. Or couple's costume, and then people go, what are you? And then you do the And she form. jumps on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> huh. This is cool. It's gone viral. It's a Squid Game Halloween light display from an 18-year-old who is uh, TikTok famous for doing lighting displays. Does the famous red light, green light scene Hmm. in his front yard. With that, let the game begin. Green light! (laughs) Red light! (laughs) Yeah. A little too realistic there. Get the cops called. Red light! (laughs) (laughs) No kidding! It sounds like a real gunshot, obviously. You better warn the neighbors if you're going (laughs) to do that in your front yard, for sure. I thought this was a joke. This has got to be. This can't be for real. PETA, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, apparently wants Major League Baseball to change the name of the bullpen, the, the, the pitcher's bullpen, okay? Because they feel that it uh, devalues talented players and mocks the misery of sensitive animals. Just absolute nonsense. Because the the word bullpen references the holding area where terrified bulls are kept before slaughter. They should come up with a new animal-friendly term. And the term they are suggesting, instead of, instead of the pitcher's bullpen, they are saying you should call it the arm barn. The thing that that's ridiculous, but how is that less offensive than bullpen? There's just more animals in the barn. They're not specifically bull. Like, what else is a barn for? I mean, okay, there might be hay mow or something like that, but like barns is associated with putting animals in there against their will as well, right? Yeah, sure. It's well, no better. Like, if you go to a, a chicken barn, guess what's going to happen to most of those chickens? Yeah, they're going to get slaughtered. <laughs> the arm barn. It's so stupid. I mean, I I actually kind of like the name if it was, uh, you know, a play-by-play guy calling the bullpen an arm barn. And let's go check in and see who's up next in the arm barn. Yeah, yeah. But to dictate that it must be called the arm barn is ridiculous. All right, Dan. We're going to head over and see who's coming out of the pitch ditch. <laughs> That's decent. The throw hole. Who's in the throw hole? The throw hole. <laughs> That was not as good. It sounds. It sounds. I don't know why I find that one kind of gross. It sounds like <laughs> the whole the like, word "hole" isn't great. Yeah, it sounds like it might be a dirty thing. Mm-hmm. The arm barn. You're not feeling it, Jim. It, it, it's counterintuitive. The the animals go in the barn. Like, did mm-hmm. they not think this through for five seconds? Okay, it, just consider the number of hot dogs that are eaten eaten annually at Major League Baseball games, and this is the issue that PETA <laughs> decides to bring up? True. Yeah. You'll forget, what are all the, the, the pigs that are going to be turned into hot dogs? They're offended by, because we're <laughs> calling it a bullpen? 
Yeah, so stupid. How about the hot dogs? <laughs> Pick your battles, PETA. Thank you very much for checking out the Taz and Jim podcast. If you want to listen to us the old-fashioned way, live on the radio, you can do that on FM 96 in London or Y108 in Hamilton weekday mornings from 5.30 until 9.30. Or subscribe, keep downloading the podcasts, and we'll keep talking. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.